Godzilla Inc. podcast, sponsored by Goblin Gaming. Click the link below for more hobby savings. Welcome everyone to episode 8 of Round the Painting Table podcast. Um, for this kind of next couple of podcasts, we're going to be looking at um, alternative war games. Um, so we're going to keep the, the GW talk to the minimum. Um, so it's a lot about Games Workshop, but we're going to keep it to a minimum and show some love to those other war games that are out there. Um, and you may have heard him talk about it once or twice before. We're not talking more time um, this time. Um, but we're, uh, this, hopefully this conversation over the next kind of 50 minutes to an hour uh, will enlighten us into the world of Turnip 28, some more veg in our life, especially the root vegetable kind. Um, so yeah, I'm obviously here with uh, Kit Bash and Converts. I'm your host, Warhammer Rose. Let's get into it. So, Kit Bash. Hello. Hi. Hi. Turnip twenty eight. So, I heard a turnip twenty eight from you. Where did where yep. did you where did you first stumble across turnip twenty eight? Um, I first stumbled across turnip twenty eight in in sort of it it seems the uh, the way that most people who found it in the earlier earlier days did in that there's other than it appearing in a couple of magazines more recently in the and a few posts online there was no real way of finding it it was kind of uh, purposely done by its creator to be like an off the beaten track thing that you stumble upon. Yeah, is kind of his idea. His old his whole um, approach to the entire game is that kind of organic discovery and growth, and and that is <laughs> weirdly <laughs> not weirdly it's the entire basis of the game. Yeah. But, um so I was uh, looking at a post that Requiem eighty two put up um about a he was making a Space Marine Terminator mm-hmm. um but sort of redoing it. Uh he did a Dark Angels uh one. Uh, but he was doing it against a person called Saint Decent, who is a three D designer. And uh, on her Instagram there's all sorts of lovely things that she's created. And then some of them on there I saw or bits of spiky armor and stuff like that, and I kind of, I distinctly remember it from somewhere else that I'd seen it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so I, I fo- followed the bit of thing, which then led me to uh, Hieronymus Max, who is the creator, um, Max Fitzgerald, and um, all of his creations there. Uh, and it's that at that point I no- started noticing some of them. And uh, Anna Polanska, who is big in the Mordheim world. <laughs> Tedious uh, link, everybody. Yep, she, he got it there. Yeah, she is uh, the, re- the she's the stuff that I'd seen before. So, like, she'd done some stuff based on uh, Max's ideas previously. Yeah, and she'd worked with him to help develop the aesthetic at the beginning. Um, and I just think I, I remember a thing that she did, which she called the horse radish, which was a giant floating radish with a horse's head. Yes, uh, and that was for Turnip Twenty Eight, which I didn't know at the time. I just thought it's just. So creating cool. the weird things because she does loads of weird things on uh, gardens of Hecate, or Hecate, is what her blog is. Yes, uh, yeah, lots yeah. of grungy things on there, which will become useful if you are into twenty eight and more time and things like that. AOS twenty eight, Ink twenty eight, twenty eights, all the twenty eights, often standard twenty eight millimeter, not that, but all the other twenty eights. <laughs> cool, and I, and I guess everybody listening or watching who stumbled in is okay what what is turnip 28 um you know if, if you had to give it that elevator pitch what is uh what is turnip um, 28 
Well, I could go with the, uh, in the immortal words of its creator, it's a game about turnips. Start. Um, good start, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, a, it's, it's a chance to use miniatures that you wouldn't normally go out and collect, I suppose. The, from, what, from what I've gathered, from having a look at it for quite a while and, and sort of messing around with things, the idea is to encourage you to convert, to encourage you to create hmm, fantastic ideas into things. Uh, usually most of them are very twisted, but they're twisted in the same way that the that the uh, artwork for Warhammer stuff is. So in the in the artwork of like uh, um, like the the eighties nineties kind of stuff, very early days where it was heavily influenced by all of the the music and and the the, the sort of the 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 creativity at the time had a different energy to it than it does now. Everything's mm. all about sort of like either ultra action or super happy. Whereas back then it was sort of more about how how gritty can we get this looking without people going it's probably against the law. And they did a lot. Like, you know, like heavy metal fact and all that sort yeah. of stuff. It's kind of like just grungy. Uh, and so he the uh, and it's the sort of stuff that John Blanche does uh, that everyone knows Blanchett Sue and all that now. Um, it's that kind of art, yeah, where you you can you can be really really good at painting and make really really fantastic looking things. Um, you can equally be quite bad at painting and still make decent looking things because if you're not overly confident with it, you just chuck a bit of mud on there, and, and if you are confident, you delicately and, and very precisely paint the the speckling on the outside of your delicious-looking root vegetable and all that sort of stuff. Um, so there's a lot in the scope of the art towards it and the feeling behind it and the creativity. Um, but then equally so, it is uh, based on 28 mm historical wargaming stuff. So you're talking... Napoleonics uh, uh, and uh, Arincourt and and the French uh, always the French, isn't it? The the French English wars uh, and and the civil wars and and America and yeah. and all of that sort of stuff. And uh, so the the black powder weapons, but still using mounted cavalry and uh, pikemen. That's the the level of technology of the game. So it gives you the opportunity to use those sort of things, and then when you're looking at them, it, the, you can get boxes of them for like forty miniatures for twenty pounds, or, or you know, give or take, depending which ones you buy. But they're plastic, and you can chop them up, and you can do all sorts of things with them, and so you're not breaking the bank mm. um, because the the maximum size of your army, your regiment, is what it is in turn twenty eight, uh, is about four units plus three heroes, basically. Um, so you don't have to have this, you don't have to spend thousands to have a competitive, competitive is not a word used in turn 28, <laughs> a, a, a regiment. Um, so you can, you can, it's a very small buy-in to get in the game and your, your level of skill in regards to painting doesn't really matter that much and your ability to craft things doesn't matter that much because it's all about just having fun with it, basically. Uh, yeah. There are rules, obviously. Um, <laughs> we can go into them in a little bit uh, and sort of dig through them a little bit. But the uh, the all the kind of things you would normally expect from a tabletop war war game, with without too many extra sort of intersecting things that come across from having 
loads of individual armies. So, you know, you have all the problems in AOS and, and, and 40k where every army has these, these unique interactions that in the old days, every army had every unique re interaction. And then when these rules interacted with other rules, you then have to figure out precedence and do all that. Uh, it's, it's a headache after a while. But um, they're trying to streamline that now in 40k a bit more. And then there are loads of people complaining about all the flavor going and everything. Well, you can cut all of that out by having only one army choice. Yes, true. So everyone has the same army. Um, now, Turnip does have things called cults in there. We can go into them if you want later, now, whenever. But all they're doing is adding a little bit of flavor to it. Um, it's still the same kind of base units, and you can choose not to play them, or you can choose to play them. Um, it's not integral to the game. It's not the end of the world if you just play vanilla. You, you will still be playing the game. But if you play with the cults, then uh, additional rules, much like you would have chapter rules and things like that. But you're still only dealing with the same units. Yeah. So that, that same troop unit is still that same troop unit. Okay, it might now be uh, a sort of a semi-gelatinous blob of root vegetables instead of your guys with sticks, but it still functions the same way. They're just maybe, as in like, there's still 12 of them, they still move this way, and, and, it's, and it still works, but you don't have additional extra. It, it's in, in place of... So, it does get slightly more confusing the more you get into it, but yeah. Um, yeah. So in short, it is a twenty-eight millimeter tabletop game based around turnips. I love it, and and I, and uh, I think what um, yeah. when when you mentioned it, and I was like, oh yeah, that sounds quite cool. And obviously, right down your alley with the kit bashing, the converting. You know, whether you're taking, like you say, some um, black powder miniatures, just like slapping them with a load of mud, painting them up some tufts in there to kind of make them look like they've they've been through the wars for lack of a better term um yeah but there's a there's a huge portion of that which is see 3d printed as well um yourself you've gotten obviously quite big into that we've got some of that yeah. um <laughs> going on in the store as well and um you know it, it's got a very kind of defined look although you can you know it, it's the kind of the beaky helmets or the plague doctor kind of nose kind of cone type things yeah. um but I think for me, it's because obviously I'm all, all 40k, as you know. Um, it is nice to do something different. And because Turnip 28 is essentially a rule set that, that will mm. allow you then to go basically Napoleonics to the start of time, find miniatures from them, yep. choose your flavor, you know, slap some root vegetables on there, make it kind of fit within the world. So, you know, um, off the back of that, I think I spent twenty twenty five pounds, bought some um, Warlord Games Black Powder uh, Continental Army. Um, so I've got uh, no idea how they're going to look, but in my head, I've I've kind of got a bit of an idea. But there's no uniformity, I guess, to it. It's these guys have basically, you know, the the apocalypse has happened, and they're still you know, firing black powder rifles, you know, flintlocks, that yeah. kind of things. Um, well there's a there's a blob of that uh, well there's a blurb at the beginning of the rules that kind of goes through that kind of uh, sets the scene. Um, I won't read it out loud. I have read it out loud before and <laughs> put a little bit of music to the background and it sounds pretty good, you know, whatever. But um, the the gist of it is that it's a, a thousand years after the defeat of Napoleon um, at the Battle of Austerlitz. So you're talking. It, it's not. It 
yes, it is a thousand years after that. So is that sixteen uh, hundred? Was that? I don't know. Uh, no. I don't just know. In, I don't just, know. Come in, just coming into the eighteen hundreds. Yeah, eighteen hundreds. Continental okay. War was seventeen seventy six. So. so after yeah, so he was born seventeen sixty nine, died eighteen twenty one, but that was on the island, wasn't it, Saint Helena or whatever? <laughs> so, uh, yeah, so you're talking two thousand eight hundred, but it's two thousand eight hundred, but the technology and uh, everything stopped in the eighteen hundreds. So for a thousand years, everyone has been wandering around, just stuck in that time in the Columbus age. Um, but over that time, over that thousand years, they've lost the, any any of the um, enthusiasm, I would say, because the the apocalypse being the root that has taken over the earth is not only uh, destroying the planet or absorbing the planet, becoming the planet. It's also doing the same thing to its people. Um, so now there's after a thousand years of being eaten by vegetables. Um, there's only a small amount of them left in this little land called Cist. Lovely, nice sounding place. Very nice. Um, and they're what they're what's left of humanity, which is why then you can just sort of choice pick from anywhere. Like uh, there's a load of people who do root shido, so sort of Japanese inspired things because you can get them again from uh, Warlord Games. So this is a big Warlord Games one. This is yeah, yeah. So they can make a mint off of this. Um, <laughs> Sponsored sponsored by Warlord Games. Not really, well not. Other other purveyors of uh, small miniature men is available. Although Goblin um, do what? sell them, so they yes, Goblin sell them, yeah, so go. buy away, go to Goblin. Twenty <laughs> percent discounts as well, people. You're up here, that's my microphone. Um <laughs> so yeah, uh the, the, so yeah, and, and it's because it's this relatively small area, it's somewhere probably in central Europe. Uh and it's not any definable country because it's a thousand years later and everyone's dying. So it's not like anyone cares. But like n none of the technology that has come about since then is there. So you're still so all the people who have the black powder weapons, the rifles, and they're all muzzle loaded things. You shoot once and then you have to reload. You have to, you have to wait a turn to reload the guns. Yeah, and I really like no, that. No auto loading or clips or anything like that because. The technology hadn't been invented, and no one's no the people who were going to invent it have all died, so it's never never came about. And then, but the people who were still alive still knew how to make armor, still knew how to make those things because they were still used at the time. So you you had mounted cavalry with plate armor, and so you you end up with this kind of um, it seems like a, an odd mix of technologies. So you've got medieval knights running around as well as guys with guns. But in reality, at that time in the 1800s, that's how warfare was. You, yeah. you had some units still wearing like a cuirass and a helm with a, with a flintlock pistols. And it's like, that doesn't sound right. But it is, because yeah. that's how it was. It's just, it's, that, it's kind of weird that that period of time doesn't get any focus. It's like, really, you get fantasy at one end and you get sci-fi at the other. But like the the near past, you you get medieval stuff in movies and things. And okay, if you watch Sharp a lot, you 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 know if you grew up watching Sharp, uh, which I kind of did, you know Sean Bean doing his stuff, right? That that's the only kind of experience of Napoleonic anything. Mm, yeah, that's that I've, I've seen really. 
Uh, a little bit, um, Mr. Norrell and, um, what's the name now? The Wizards thing, where the magics. Mr. Norrell and... The Wizards thing. <laughs> yeah, uh, no, what's it called? Anyway, there was a program on, BBC did it, that, that was about set about that time as well. Um, so, yeah, most, most, most TV things at that time are the foppish side, the people at home not doing anything, the, the kind of period dramas and everything like that. So you experience all the period dramas, but no one ever has the war at that time. It maybe flags up every now and then, but there's nothing about it, really. So even though it's not open territory, because it happened, you do something like this, and you can take that whole that whole piece of history and transport it to a location where people can't tell you you're doing it wrong, and then do whatever you want with it. Um, so that's kind of the beauty of it, because it's, yeah, all right, it's the 1800s, but it's a thousand years in the future, so it's 2,800. And everyone's forgotten about what they were doing in the first place or why they're doing it. So you've got these blacksmiths making pieces of armor that's been handed down from generation to generation. Uh, and and they think they're um, holy knights or something like that because they're, they're all on fever dreams from not eating properly, from being poisoned slowly but surely. Uh, it's like a physical... Ma a, a, a external manifestation of, of cancer of the planet mm. in edible form. Um, but even then, this is things like the, the, the root itself isn't some... It, it, I suppose it's like an elder god. Mm. So it's a little bit Lovecraftian, um, but it doesn't have that same existential, existential dread involved in, in this at the moment. Uh, but it's definitely... It's, a little bit more there's there's a there's an odd cuteness to it yeah yeah it's, it's, it's... like the root has taken over uh, and and you would think it it's the apocalypse the roots taken over the only things that are alive anymore are humans the root and mushrooms but mushrooms are just there for fun they don't really do anything like literally they're kind of sentient but they're just along for the ride they'll talk to your fruits and they'll have conversations with them and try and convince them to go and get a cup of water, but that's about it. Mushrooms don't have any sway, so uh, but they're oddly featured a lot in artwork and in in the miniatures themselves. Um, but like a, a latest piece of artwork, if I just um, pop that up at the moment, um, uh, we'll uh, link the Max himself. Yeah, we'll link the Instagram for uh, audio listeners as well um, to check it out. So Max uh, released, re recently released a little bit of artwork that he's been working on, um, uh, which is paid for in part by the Patreons. Um, and uh, it is of a female character sitting on the edge of a building with what at first looks like swallows and birds flying nearer. Yeah. Um, big long mask, ruffled collar, spiky cuirass, red cloaky bit. Very much like a blanched piece of artwork. Uh, the birds are actually potatoes. Like, they're little potatoes with wings, yeah. right? Um, and uh, there's Gardens of Hectate, which is Anna. She does all that sort of thing on there as well. Uh, the horseradish is on there. Um, and, I mean, if I just look at the other artwork on here at the moment, this is uh, things that he's done here. Uh, this little loaf of bread here is called Ergo, or Ergot, um, which... Sounds like a cute kind of name for a piece of bread, and then you Google what that means, and it's actually a um, uh, a 
fungal growth that happens in grain-based plants that if humans consume it, it gives them uh, kills them. So uh, it's it's, <laughs> it's, it's sort of like a very painful and unpleasant death. Yeah. Um, but like everything, every everything around, like this is Todd. He's uh, one of the leaders you can choose. He's weird. If you win, you lose, and you lose, you win. That's one of those weird cult rules. Leeches feature a lot. But I can't figure out if leeches are actually a creature or if leeches are part of the root and they're just some sort of weird leechy root thing. And so maybe leeches are another one on the list. But, um, yeah. Yeah, every time I look at turnip stuff, and obviously that, that started to become more and more over the, over the kind of past couple of months, there's always like a, in my head, takes me back to kind of Blackadder. So that kind of the, yeah. the the kind of the period yes. piece of Blackadder. Um, yeah. So obviously Baldrick, you know, epitome, you know, turnip lover, filth pot would would probably <laughs> be quite at home, um, you know, insist or in a, in a in a regiment of a turnip army. Um, yeah, it, 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 I would say that's pretty accurate. Though. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, and you're definitely commanding a load of Baldericks, and your leaders, your tops, are definitely Blackadders, and uh, occasionally um, you, you get in. Yeah, you I'd get flash art in there as well. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, you, you get you get that kind of definitely Blackadder vibes going on there. For sure. Yeah, you know, it's that. The, yeah, there's there's definitely a com a comedy that I can see in Turnip, especially in the dioramas that. Uh, all those amazing people have created. Um, there's some stuff in, that I've seen in the Discord, which I'm just like, wow, that that come out of your head by the medium of Turnip Twenty Eight. You know, it's there's some really cool stuff on there. Um, you know, even if you just, yeah, you, know, you not necessarily wanting to play the game, but you're wanting to experiment with it bashing, with going a little bit not not necessarily rogue, but if you're used to painting miniatures cleanly, um. Or a, yep. you know a standard that you're comfortable with, that that is you know kind of maybe box arty looking this this doesn't have that box art vibe you know it's the very unique pieces um even you know down to like the odd mushroom or you know a green stuff tentacle because the world is essentially you know it, it's killing you but it's also sustaining you at the same time and it, it's using yeah, you almost um, as like a vehicle to kind of go on this path yeah, uh, um because I'm assuming that the, the, the factions were over resource. Um, I, I haven't seen it anywhere. I don't know if it's. Yeah. I mean, that that's one of those things. If if only it was as um as as pointful as that. <laughs> uh, the factions war because there's nothing else to do. And maybe that's all they know. I mean, like it, you it, say, it, it's kind of yeah. It, it's it's they've been they've been through hell and they haven't left it yet. They've not mm. come back. Um, so they're kind of just constantly uh fight and sometimes it's because um the the root is edible they do consume it since it's the only thing left uh the root is constantly trying to uh, it's almost like it wants to be human so it tries to mimic humans um but it doesn't know how um or, or it can't quite make it so often you end up with things that are vegetable-like in nature but have human qualities. Um, it seems to be okay at creating some animals, recreating some animals. So you end up with pigs a lot. But they're not pigs, they're root hogs. They're, so they're 
they look like pigs, but they're actually some semi-sentient form of root spawn, basically. So they're made of this root thing. So, okay, it's called the root, <laughs> and it behaves like the, the roots of a plant, but it's a living creature, because um, there's a there's a few bits, I don't know if they're on Max's uh, Yeah, because I've seen, um, where like, a toad, and was there a crab the as well? Book. Yeah, there's crabs, there's pigs, there's, there's all sorts of things like that, Then, but then you end up with, um, like, this thing here. Yeah. So, you a little root thing, thing, of, thing of nightmares is what that is. <laughs> yeah, thing of nightmares. That's some of those helms. There's some of the creatures on here. Little frog, little frog wearing a hat. The frog slug who licked a frog and turned into a frog. There's some slugs. There's things like that where they look like creatures you would typically sort of associate with being a bit gross, but not always are. Um, and uh, the root tries to grow them, so those rootlings and things like that, some of them grow and have legs and arms and walk around, and some of them grow and just look like a potato, but when you bite into it or slice open to it, it's got eyeballs in there, teeth, lungs. It, it's sort of, nothing is really a vegetable. It's part of this living root that's everywhere, and the living root is trying to make humans, but it gets bored, or it forgets, or it doesn't realise while it's doing it, and they go wrong. Um, but unfortunately, the humans can eat these roots as well. And then, because it's the only food they've got, these the root in itself is parasitic and slowly takes over their body. Um, so which is why you get people with tufts of grass growing off them and things like that. It's because they've eaten parts of the root and it's growing through them. Um, some of the units themselves are created in such a way that it implies they've eaten more of them are very particularly special ones. So uh, brute units, which are kind of uh, an elite choice as such, if I'm going to be using these are a terminology people understand from, from the, the Warhammer world and that sort of thing. Um, they are a, a relatively small unit compared to like, um, like your standard chaff uh, and your fodder, um, but they are heavily armoured and, and they're root-powered, basically. So you could you can just create them so that they're a bunch of burly people with suits of armor on uh, and some heavy-looking weapons or nasty-looking guns. Um, but you also have the opportunity to create them into root-based monsters. So they're almost like a dryad, but a dryad made out of uh, a human that was started off as a human and then has exploded out with roots. Because the roots taking over, but they're still in control, but they're becoming more roots than man mm -hmm. so you have that conversion opportunity to do that sort of thing but you don't have to like i have a little bit on mine but mostly mine are kind of like um grail knights so the normal guys are just standard peasants with sticks whereas the brutes are grail knights and then the the equivalent on horseback are, are um basically bretonians sort of you know like questing knights with with horses with flowing things and then the the other the other mounted people are just standard standard tropes sitting on horses that are all not really horses they're kind of weird little root creature things but uh, you know you get all sorts i mean i've got a guy i've got a guy riding a pig a large pig um which i 3d printed which is the pig from the bloodborne game mm -hmm. you've seen that if you know if you see if you play the game you'll know which one i'm talking about and if you not played the game just google it then you'll know which one i'm talking about it's the one with more than two eyes um so you have that uh, and it it's you have it and you think, well, what's this going to be? 
and then you have a look in the the cult section, and there's a cult where there's a thing called the root shrine. So the only the only specifics to the miniatures, it's a sort of a tangent, but it kind of works. The specifics to the miniatures for the base size. So each miniature has a base size, and even then, it's not strictly a single size. It's kind of a range. So it's like oh, twenty to thirty millimeter base for this type of unit. Uh, 30 to 40 for this one, 50, 60, 78, whatever. So you, you're you not, because there's no miniatures associated with the game, there is an aesthetic that you should follow. The basing is, is the important part at that point. So everything has to be these base sizes. It can be square or it can be circular, as long as it fits within the, the, the boundary of the base size. And then the unit on that base can be anything you like, basically. Um, it is preferred that it again fits with that fits within the eighteen uh, hundreds uh, or before technology section has some sort of plant life growing on them. Uh, definitely no vine based vegetables, so no courgettes, no pumpkins, no gourds. Yeah, because that stuff. Because I did bring up because um, I was thinking about my own stuff and I was like, well, what about pumpkins or squashes? And I was, I was. Eaten down in the Discord very quickly. Yeah. That is not a root vegetable, I mean, and you yeah. should leave. And it's not a. <laughs> basically, yeah. They seem to be overly, overly protective about that. But mm-hmm. I mean, with 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 good humour, really, of it course, is all in, yeah, it's it all in jest. But one hundred percent serious. No pumpkins, but it, you know, rutabaga. You could get some of them. They're mm-hmm. a root vegetable, aren't they? Yeah. So I found myself googling alternative root vegetables. So obviously, you get like turnips and you know parsnips. All those kind of ones yeah. that you would know from Sunday dinner, but then it's like, okay, well, what's an yeah, you know, what's an Asian turnip, or what's a, you know, going down that route of like different styles of root vegetable that you might not necessarily uh, expose to. Um, so yeah, I'm, I've I've got I've got some ideas, but it's yeah, yeah. pumpkins. It's a good educational yeah. journey from that point of view. Yeah, of course, because like, I, yeah. I did that. I uh, I did exactly the same thing. So I go right. I'm not just gonna go with turnip. Or parsnip or radish because they're kind of like under kind of veg that you get, aren't they? And there's loads of people going for beetroot. I mean, they're all good hearty vegetables to choose, <laughs> which, which is you know like vegetables hearty in the stew. Anything you put in the stew, you're probably all right there. Yeah. Um, I, I went with celeriac because kind of like I'm looking through and I'm looking through and then I see it like you know like uh, like again. Because I've got these these that it's how I came across the the idea of doing it. I was looking through the vegetables trying to figure out what to get, and then like like the holy grail appeared before me in the form of celeriac. Can you 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 Google a celeriac and you look at that thing, and if if that isn't what elder gods look like, then I do not know. It's got wrinkles. It's kind of like slightly green and beige color, but it's got like tentacly chin roots down the bottom. It's got some on the top and sticky up bits here, and it just looks like like something no one should ever eat yeah yeah it looks like the sort of thing that if someone you dig that up and you look at it you go hmm, that looks tasty then there's something wrong with your head it is quite nice i've like had a like a uh, mandrake type thing yeah exactly yeah it, screaming it, it looks like it fits with with the with the aesthetic without even having to do anything so i sort of i, w- I went with that idea had a look at it uh, and just sort of went well how would you do this and holy crusade for the for the for the order of the 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 celeriac, and then I sort of was looking around a bit, and then uh, it made me think of um, the monks that make beer. 
Uh, and and their uh, their their synonym. Yeah, the uh, search synonym. <laughs> yeah, can't remember what they're called. Uh, Trappists, Trappists, even. Trappist monks. So Trappists, but Trappist monks are um are Cistercians. Cistercians, the order of Cistercians. So they're monks, and it has the word cist in it. And the place the game is based is called Cist. So it's like, ah, okay then. So they're the the holy order of the uh, the order of Cistercians. So it's like, well, that's obviously what I'm going to have to do now, isn't it? Yeah. Because finding this, doing that, and then it's like, right. So they're a holy order who the Cistercians of the Common Observance is what they're called. So the the C O C O something like that. You'll know him if you see the beers. You'll understand what I'm talking about. And if you're a beer drinker, you'll know, and then you're probably going to tell me I've said it all wrong. Anyway, Order of Monks, Holy Order of Monks, running around looking for uh, or worshipping this Solariac thing. And then, obviously, at that point, my brain's like, Crusaders. It's got to be Crusaders, hasn't it? So, they're before the 1800s. What can I have a look? And then I'm looking through all the bits, and you've got like, uh, like I said earlier, like Aaron Court, and you've got stuff yeah, like yeah. that. And, and it's kind of like where where do these bits intersect in the sense that you've got this kind of like you've got the heavily religious influence um where you've got people who who are walking around in like tabards and suits of armor but then you've also got the opportunity to have uh, people with rifles and things like that and it's like uh, musketeers and that sort of thing mm -hmm. sort of that time in France where everyone's got those big hats with the feathers on it like that, and they're wearing the tabards, but then you've also got the guys running around on horseback and still, because it's still relevant at that yeah, time. Yeah. So, so that's what I went. That's the angle I've gone with, sort of, and it works because you still have guys with with black powder weapons, mm -hmm. and you still have pikemen, uh, but you can get the miniatures that fit that, and then the the armor makes sense, and yeah, so the freedom of doing that worked because, well. Because you don't have to think properly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and <laughs> you're I, not and restricted I, to it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and and obviously when when you kind of talked about it and you were like, "This is some channel," I was like, "Yeah, definitely." And I know um, Serge is, is. I think he's gone feudal Japanese with his. Um, I've yeah. gone um, continental army. So um, taking out the English. This is our land. Um, so like the first miniature, I've I've cut off the sprue. Um, and and this was a faux pas I made. Uh, I bought off eBay because I saw some cheap, and I was like, "Yeah, I'll just pick those up." No instructions. And I was like, "Well, I know how to build models. Yeah, I'm not." <laughs> but I was like, "There are so many options." On like, this is just one of the sprues. Um, so you've got bodies. I know what they are. But then there's all these heads, yep. and then you've got all these weapons, and then it's like, one's got a one's got a musket, one's got this. Then I've got a drummer boy. Um, so he's the first model I'm going to build. Um, so he he's going to be like a banner bearer, I guess, of, of sorts. Um, but he's just going to have this drum, which, you know, if I can do it, I'll try and change it to some form of root vegetable or or something that he's kind of just beat it on, maybe. Um, but you've beat, um, a beat the beat drop. Yeah, like the beat drop. Um, but because you've been involved in the the Discord and a little bit of the Patreon, um, showing me that you've got your own personal livery, um, if that's um, yes, or you've got your own coat uh, of yeah. arms, um, yep, or turn it, which is, is really Max, uh... yeah, and that's really cool because it's 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 community driven, 
um, which is what what we like. Um, so that that lends into your celeriac roots. Yes. myself. Um, <laughs> and um, I'll I'll link a picture to yours. We'll uh, we'll get that one. Um, but it's got like uh, is it greens and green is the color? I'm trying to remember off the top of my head. Uh, yeah. So, um, I. Max has, um, if you go onto his Patreon, there's uh, a, a Google Drive link on there. It's free to everyone. It, his Patreon's just there if you want to support. Um, but everything he's leaving for free, because he kind of... It's not a fully fleshed out game yet. He, he doesn't want to make people pay for stuff and then him have the pressure of doing it. He's doing it in his own time because it's for fun. Um, so, hence why, like, when he pops up with things like that and, and you can do he likes getting everyone involved. He likes using the money to pay artists to commission art that then can be officially part of the project. So, yeah, he likes involving the community. So on the Patreon, there's a drive folder which has um, a couple of files in for creating your own heraldry. Um, That's it. And if, if you you download it, it's it's a sheet. You can do it by pencil. You can do whatever you want. You, you don't even have to be all that artistic. Um, because he'll take them all and then give them to the commission artist that he uses and then that artist will re-envision what you've done properly yeah <laughs> that fits in with the artwork so uh yeah so my my shield was um it's a, a, a it's what do you want to, what do you call it um i had a look at how shield heraldry works and how flag heraldry works and it was um when when it's got a horizon line on it and you've got a bit below and a bit above, it's it's a ground in the sky. It is sort of how it's described, but that's not the words it uses. So I did mine so the the earth side of it, the ground side, is brown because it's mostly mud. And then the sky side of it was a putrid green colour because the world is poisoned, there's fog and mist everywhere, and I don't think anyone on that planet at that time, on this planet at that time, has seen a blue sky in a yeah. long time, sort of thing. Yeah, it's not a nuclear apocalypse, but there's a giant root vegetable that's destroying the entire world's ecosystems. It's not going to look like it does right now. Um, but those two colours work okay with the Solaria because it in itself is cream and very bright green. So there is a, a cream and bright green Solaria sitting in the middle of it with a, a nice little star at the top, which the artist added as flourish because it lends itself to the, the thematics of it all. And, uh, yeah, I, I, I painted one on one of my miniatures, and um, it looks good to me, and it yeah. fits with the colours that I've done. So it's... But it, there's, it's like you said, that the, the fact that it's there, and now, therefore, will be included in either the Maglet or or the um, the next version of the rulebook, which is kind of like a, the first official completed one, where it's got, got all the artwork and mm -hmm. stuff like that. It's kind of like, um, it's nice. It's nice because if it ever turns into something big, then my little shield on there with my little it's there, uh, yeah. herald there is part of it. It's part of the history of it. And there may be people in the future who go like, oh, I like that. And then they do their, their own. own. Yeah. And it's like, yeah. And it would be interesting to see if anyone picks it up to see what they create just from the name. Like, hmm. there's not necessarily going to be any pictures of my stuff there. But if someone picks up Oh, the Order of the Solariac. Sounds interesting. See if they come away with the same sort of uh, thoughts that I did. Yeah. Holy Crusaders, or whether they come up with something else. And and it's Definitely. it's neat. And I'm I don't want to assume that's what everyone else is thinking, but 
does a lot of them. He's been doing it. And I think he'll still he still does them. So I yeah, I, I definitely need to do mine. Um, I just I just need to decide what it's going to look just like. Just pick a couple of colours and and then a little bit of an iconography, and then you plunk it on and give it a brief description, and then post it with a, in the art section with a tag on it, and it'll just the next time they do the the next batch, it'll be in there. Mm. Um, yeah, but, and, and that's really neat. Um, that sort of brings me on to something else with the community that they're doing there. Uh, in at the moment, he's running a thing called Inktuber. I was going to ask you about that. Inktober, so... yeah, yeah. Inktober is now, so um, he was sort of thinking, how can I make this sort of turnipy to to encourage the community? So he made Inktuber as a joke, not expecting anyone to be involved in it. Yeah, yeah. And it turns out that there's a lot of really good artists have uh, joined in on the community, and you just see them cropping up on Instagram all the time and appearing in the Discord. And uh, I've not had time to do more than day one, but it's sort of like they're just just one word. And just draw whatever you want, yeah. as long as it's kind of turnipy. So, like uh, the first day was the bucket, um, and loads of people drew buckets with root vegetables in. Some people drew buckets on the heads of knights or things like that, and some people drew truly fantastic drawings mm. involving a bucket in some way. Um, what day are we on now? Day eight. So day eight, today yeah. is crab. Okay. Today's crab, and tomorrow is another crab. Like literally the words and other crap. Okay. Um, and then ten is C twenty one, which is crabs. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. So uh, today, tomorrow, and the day after is crab, another crab, and crabs. And then on the twenty first, it is crabs again. Okay. They like crabs. Crabs are making a are making a comeback. Um, mm -hmm. I think it was uh, AOS's fault with that um, shades fire team. Yeah. 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 Um. Uh, yeah, so you get thinking you know, like fortified squalor, a single turnip, ballooning, mushrooms, bangers, abject misery, failure, contempt, hubris, things like that are the titles of, of what you're drawing. Mm -hmm. And yeah, you get some really good artists and you get people who are just doodling in the notepad yeah. doing stick work. But like the community aspect of it's uh, great. It's um really good community spirit. Yeah, yeah. Sort of all of that. Is feeding into into the game itself. It's inspiring Max to do more things, and uh, some of the people who are involved in it are so good that he's sort of commissioning them or bringing them on board to help create artworks and inspiration for other people within the uh, within the actual, I want to say, product itself of Turning Twenty Eight. Yeah, it's uh, a neat. Yeah, thing. no, I, I I think you know, and and we we've discussed it. And I know it's something. You want to push once you know, time frees up is all the squid guys get in and do a regiment you know, uh, models just so we can show that off or we can maybe do a couple of games um, test out those rules um, whichever current rule set we're on probably going to be light version yeah. 20 maybe by the time we get around to it but who knows um, yeah, it's 16 coming up now yeah. um, and then he's going to throw some campaign rules out there which okay, could be yeah. interesting to do because yeah. um, that's kind of like it's figuratively and literally a slow grow campaign um, because after every uh, game you play, your units get some bonuses and things, which is the root slowly growing its influence upon you. Yeah. Uh, your ops, your leaders are more inclined to eat things they're not really supposed to eat and then to get become the more powerful, but also equally more incompetent. 
So they're like incompetent leaders that take the power for themselves, and that's the kind of game you're playing. Um, so it will be interesting with everyone, to, with the with the squid team, to sort of do that sort of thing. I mean, I I I like the idea of going sort of like right. What have we done this week with our miniatures? Let's have a look, see what we've created. And then once we've got a regiment built, even if it's just bare bones basic without any of the cults involved, if we've got regiments built uh, and painted, then we can start doing some battle reports, yeah, yeah. sort of start throwing the rules around, trying to figure them out, finding out what works and not works. Uh, and, and that's the sort of thing that Max wants to happen so we can feed that information back. And I'm not saying we're working for him, but I think by doing that and, and, and as a team and, and figuring it out, it sort of helps the community as a whole from that point of view. Yeah, um, definitely, definitely. So yeah, the, 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 there's lots to look at, creating and playing, and then all the other things that build up from it in the first place. Yeah, I think I think there's definitely something for every type of hobbyist um, yeah. in 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 this world. Um, you know, like you say, it's whether you're just into the the kit bashing side or just painting something nice to look at. Or, you know, you kind of put a diorama together and there's a little bit of a narrative behind that. This is the scene that's going on. Or if you go all the way to the end and, you know, you play some games or you you build your own narrative and, you know, you have your own heraldry in the book. Um, it's, it's just really... I'm just really impressed with it. Um, like, because it is something very different for me. You know, relatively new in, in that kind of hobby space compared to you know, other people. Yeah. Um, yeah, I really dig it. And I'm really looking forward to starting to build these um these models and then starting to kind of they paint them then kind of weather them down make them look like they've been through a thousand year war you know that is just never ending and then how how that just all evolves from there it's just a, a nice bit of narrative storytelling that you can do yeah. for you know less than 30 quid you can obviously go yeah. you can go all out no, uh, you would like to learn to do a little bit of green stuff in as well. Um, early putting just to kind of make those uh, those people look a little bit more unique. So they're not just rank yeah, and file, but <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. You know, and it's yeah, it's 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 cool. Don't just take my word for it. Go and check it out. Uh, like I say, I found an article in uh, War Games Illustrated from a little while ago. I picked it up specifically because we'd been talking about Turnip Twenty Eight in. The chat had a read through in the discord and uh yeah just have a bit of fun with it um yeah you know yeah i, I can't really say any more than that i guess is is if you like it you like it if you don't you don't but i think the the purpose of these uh kind of alternative war game podcasts is to let people know about other war games you know turn 28 if you know about it you know about it you know if you're in those not clicks, I guess, but you're in those kind of parts of the, the corners of the internet that talk about it. You know about it, so it's just kind of getting out there for other people to, to know about, and you know, you might then go into that, or you might tell somebody who's maybe more into that style of miniature. Um, so we, the the plan is to do you know others, so Marvel Crisis Protocol, Fallout, Wasteland Warfare, which the franchise quite close to my heart, um, and and probably takes a little bit. We were talking about being stuck in a in a time. Uh, you know, Fallout's kind of that nineteen kind of forties, thirties kind of. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, forties, fifties, sixties. Retro future. Yeah, um, where nuclear powered everything. Where. Yeah, know. yeah, definitely. You know, the super future. The the super future is here. You know, book your place now in your vault, uh, and all those kind of things. But um, yeah, I, th I think it's just it's just gonna be nice from a community perspective to 
to show you that there is more to wargaming than 40k Age of Sigmar. Yeah. Which you know are great games in the in their own right, but there are other things that might tickle people's fancy that you don't necessarily know about. Um that's my my objective. So uh thank you. Uh Bash for talking us through Turnip. I'm sure you will continue to talk us through Turnip. <laughs> um I imagine when I text you going, Yeah, let's just do it about Turnip, I imagine your eyes lit up and you're like finally they're gonna let me talk <laughs> about Turnip. Um I'll have to do one about more time because I know obviously you're massively into more time as well. And um, we'll save that for another time. But it, anything else from you um, before we wrap up and let let, uh, let these people go? Um, well, no. I mean, everything we've said, we've said. In, in, incredibly accessible game from every level. There's no massive commitment to actually getting into it to be able to enjoy it. So I think that's key to the growing success of it at the moment. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, it, it's one of those things that if you like it and you look at it, you you will just love building it and then playing it is just the, the icing on the cake basically um it, it seems to be mostly the building i mean given that it was spawned in lockdown and you know the environment that it was in no one was playing the game anyway yet somehow five thousand people follow him and most of them are in the discord creating armies for a game that, that for months now they've now actually been able to play at yeah. all. a so, dice has never been rolled, yeah. everyone's allowed out there's people playing there's a there's a section in the discord called Turnip Liaisons, which sounds a bit weird, but it's just for arranging meetups for people in your area, you know. Uh, was it Lonely Turnips in your area <laughs> running for, uh, for action on, on the table? So, you know, if you're looking for, a, if you're into it and you're looking for a game and you didn't realise that there was a Discord community and that people want to play it, then jump in. Uh, we'll put the links in the descriptions and everything. Definitely. But, uh, yeah, the you know, it, it's a great little thing. There's loads of more out there. We'll talk about more. I want to have a chat about Kingdom Death at some point as well, um, as the almost complete opposite to what Turnip is, yeah. in that it's it's incredibly expensive and has a, an intense rule set. So anyway, that I'll not go into that, but and, it's and, something I do. And not a root vegetable, I believe. Uh, yes, and not a root. Well, well, no, actually, no, it's vine vegetables. Ah, well, so, yeah, you, you, your pumpkins make an appearance for the yes. Halloween specials. Yes, definitely. Awesome. Well, thank you, everybody. Uh, like I say, look out for the next one. Um, we'll, uh, we'll post it in advance, which we'll be talking about. Um, and, yeah, uh, stay safe, everybody. Uh, we're going to go now and uh, talk about some turnip. And um, we'll see you soon. Bye, everyone. Bye. Bye.